Hello and welcome to the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you? Adam, it's a fantastic day. There is a major championship being played right now at golf at Kiawa Island down in South Carolina, the PGA Championship, a great time for all parties involved. I have been watching the golf since 7 a.m. this morning. I've taken a little break to record this podcast with you, and then after this podcast is done, I'm going back to watching golf. So it is a great, 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 great day. How are you? I'm good, Bert. I'm honored that you took time out of your busy golf watching schedule to record this podcast with me. You know what? It was a, it was a very, very tough to go ahead and have to separate from Brooks Kepka, Blake of the Year, great guy, on, uh, on the 15th fairway. It was very, very tough for me to do such a thing, but I was able to do it. Um, listen, I mean, Jake and I, we recorded the dynasty show last night and we needed to stop midway just so we can watch the final three outs of a no hitter. So, you know, sometimes needs must sometimes. Yeah. Well, that that's fair. We basically were distracted for the better part of 30 minutes of that podcast, just because we got the notification that Corey Kluber had a no hitter through seven. Then we got the notification he had a no hitter through eight. And then when we got to the halfway point of the ninth inning, we said, okay, we need to stop right now. We need to pause and we need to go watch this and at least be able to say that we watched, hopefully, the last three outs of a Yankees no-hitter. First no-hitter for the Yankees since 1999. Yep. And a no-hitter that I will be able to say to my children, hey, I was there and I know exactly where I was when I saw Corey Kluber throw a no-hitter. Like Mets fans can say when Johan Santana threw his no-hitter. A lot of Mets fans can say they know where they were when Johan Santana threw that no-hitter. Now I can say that I know where I was when Corey Kluber threw a no header. Yeah, it's funny. I would, I, it was like a random, it was a random day. I, I didn't even get, it was, it was so like 20, 2012 wasn't that long ago, but it was a time where the ESPN app didn't, wasn't like all that great with sending notifications out and like you really had to tailor it. So I barely even, and it wasn't like it was breaking news. I don't even think I had the ESPN app on my phone at the time. So I, so I was like, oh, it's a random Mets game on June 1st against the Cardinals. I'm not going to watch that. And then I was on uh, Xbox talking to one of my friends. And he was like, I just went to the Met game. Yoan Santana just threw a no-hitter. I was like, what? <laughs> he did what now? <laughs> he did, he did, huh? I'm sorry? Are you kidding? You're joking, right? And so then, you, you know. You missed a no-hitter, but you know where you were when the no-hitter was thrown. Oh, yes. I know exactly where I was. Well, that, when there, was there's the point. There's the point that I can at least say I saw three outs of a no-hitter. I did watch the highlights, but and, and the highlights were amazing. Although, that ball was foul, and I will go to my grave saying that that ball was foul. Oh, that ball was foul. That ball was foul. Ball was foul. I'll, I'll give Fucking you that. Carlos Beltran finding new ways to try and fuck over the Mets. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same, Adam. As much as I love Carlos Beltran, he finds new ways to fuck over the Mets, no matter what team he's on. So when I was preparing for my uh, PGA Championship viewing experience, Adam, I mentioned to you before we came on that I heard the best quote that I've ever heard in my life. Here it is. So my guy, Kevin Kisner, great guy, love Kiz. He was asked by a reporter, and this wasn't for this championship. This was for a while. This was a while ago but he was asked by a reporter of what his chances were to win the Masters. And he said, zero. I have no chance to win the Masters. And the reporter pressed him. He was like, well, if you 
think don't you don't think you have the the chance to win the Masters? Why do you play? <laughs> Kevin Kisner, my guy, my guy, my guy, goes. They pay a lot of money for eleventh place. That's fair. That, that is the most honest answer I've ever heard. See, here's the thing: if that was any other sport, first of all, yeah. there's no way that they would ask that question. True. And well, that's a. B, there's no way that can you imagine if they asked Sam Darnold, oh, so what do you think your chances are of winning the Super Bowl in tw- in 2020? He's like, yeah, zero. None. But None. they pay a lot of money just to have me on the roster. My rookie contract, but my rookie contract is fully guaranteed. Hey, you know what? It's 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 nice when you're your own boss in, in a lot of ways. Like the and not in a pyramid scheme are. kind of way, also. Yeah. That's true, but you know, all Kevin Kisner has to do is show up, qualify for the Masters, which is so, so easy to do if you're a professional player. So easy. There are about a thousand ways to qualify for the Masters. Show I up. I thought you were being sarcastic. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. For To qualify for the Masters, it, it, it is pretty easy. You need to win an event, win an event, be top 100 in the world, International amateur, U.S. amateur, U.S. amateur runner-up, uh, NCAA champion. The, the, a thousand ways that you can qualify for the Masters. And my guy Kevin Kisson just goes, yeah, 11th place. Pays a lot of money. Well, it's very hard to get 11th place at Augusta National. Also, well, 11th place at Augusta National pays $285,000. Hell, if you miss the cut, if you miss the cut at Augusta National, you make ten grand. Granted, you're probably breaking even, given you have to rent a house for the week, uh, you have to get down there, you have to, have, you know, food, all, all that stuff. You're probably, you know, breaking even. Paying what you're paying your caddy, you're breaking even, say ten thousand dollars. But still, most most events, you, you miss the cut, you don't get paid. You're you're going down there. And it's like, oh shit. Well, I just you know, blew some money to uh, go play in this golf tournament. I'm leaving here with nothing. But Augusta, you get $10,000 for not missing the cut. My guy, Kevin Kisner, 11th place. <laughs> place is a lot of money. Yeah. Love it. Great guy. So I salute you, Kevin Kisner. And of course, we are big Brooks Kepka fans. We love Brooks. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is like, you never get an answer like that in any other sport. That's kind of where I was getting at. You would literally never get an answer like that. Can you imagine if Connor, if Connor McDavid was like, well, you know, they're paying me like $13 million a year. God help him. Even, Le- even LeBron, even LeBron. So LeBron, what are your thoughts about playing in the playing game? Uh, doesn't matter to me. I'm still being paid $40 million a year. I'm being paid $40 million a year to be in a playoff playing game. I've already won my, I've already won like four championships. LeBron wouldn't be crucified Three for that though, because it's it's LeBron. Imagine no, four, that. Actually. Imagine that was yeah. Julius Randle. Julius Randle, how do you feel about playing in a playing game? Oh, they're paying me thirty million a year to be in a playing game. He'd be fucking crucified. Well, yes, because he's not LeBron. Because he's not LeBron, and LeBron is it gets softballed all the time. Absolutely, I, I agree with you, Adam, one hundred percent. I agree. With you, I agree with you one hundred percent, Adam. That's you, not what I said. You, you filled it in quite perfectly for me. That, I, absolutely, I could not agree more. I think that's the other way around. I think you have it the other way around. Could not agree more. 
could not agree more with everything that you just said. LeBron gets softballed. Absolutely. The media absolutely love him. And he never gets pressed for questions. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Fuck LeBron. I, the, the views of this host do not reflect the views of the other host. I'm saying that right now. The views of the founder of this podcast do reflect the views of this entire podcast. Thank you very much. Let's go, Phoenix. Let's go. What should be a good series? Let's go, Phoenix. A- Fuck anyway. the Lakers. Anyway. And let's go, Celtics. Ugh. Really? Horrible to say, I know, but fuck the Nets. Oh, we, we have, oh we right. Have, we have bigger parameters at hand. That's true. Can you imagine? Jason Tatum is going to murder those guys. Uh, Jake thinks the Nets are going to win five. And uh, the, J- Jake thinks the Nets are going to sweep them. I said they're going to win five. Is Jake a Knicks fan or a Nets fan? He's a Nets fan. Why? Trendy, I guess. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know where Jake was uh, with basketball back in 2010, however. Yeah. There are people... There is a guy that I work with that was a Nets fan. Is like, and he is a Nets fan. And he's like, well, you know, some these people weren't there in, in, when we only won ten games, right? In, right. I mean, look, if you if you could say you live in New York and you're a Nets fan when they were in New Jersey, when you know Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson, Alonzo Mourning, you know, good for you, good for you, fair play. Also, he grew up around the time when they were when they made back to back finals. Absolutely, absolutely, no problem. But it's it's the people that are living in New York that over the last five years decided to become Nets fans. Fuck you, fuck all of you. I ride with my team. I ride with the New York Knicks. Fuck Trey Young. Fuck John Collins. Fuck them all. Let's go, Knicks. Especially you, Boyan. Used to play for the Nets. Fuck you. Oh, Boyan Bogdanovich? Listen, Boyan Bogdanovich, him and I were cool. We're cool because he led me to an undefeated championship win in fantasy basketball this year. I went 16-0 and won a championship. So, Boyan Bogdanovich, thank you very much for your service. I will not, however, give you the same treatment that I just gave John Collins and Trey Young. I will say... uh, um, I will say hopefully, uh, don't have like 10 points a night. That's fine. Hopefully you have a really bad case of allergies and sit out the series. That, that's fine. That's, that, that's <laughs> totally fine. Stub your toe in the shower. Anyway, bird, Stubbing let's your toe about... is, not, is not a traumatic injury. No, it's really not. Oh, oh, fuck Clint Capella and his blonde little landing strip prick. I knew I was forgetting one more. Are you, are you done? No, I could keep going all day. Maybe Adam, the New York Knicks are playing playoff basketball this weekend. I know. I have no time for shenanigans. I'm, I know. I'm very excited. No time for shenanigans. Game and one Brooks at the Garden Kepka on is Sunday. in the fucking lead. Let's go. Come on, Brooks. Amazing. Love Brooks. Great guy. Brooks by a million. So you want to talk about what we're really going to be talking about today? I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you done? Are you done with your bullshit? I've been done for the past 20 minutes. Adam, you've been, you, you, you've been distracting me this whole time. Sure. You've been a major distraction. Sure. Okay. 
<laughs> Come on, Brooks. Me. Okay. Great guy. So today we're talking about quarterbacks for like the umpteenth time. But we're talking about quarterbacks in the context of it's just a big game of would you rather, really. If that, I mean, that's the elevator pitch. I mean, am I too far off on that? Nope. Nope. Not far <laughs> off at all. Given you have a very limited crop to to choose from, you have different tastes, different flavors, guys that want to go and shell out a ridiculous price to get Patrick Mahomes, and guys that are smart, level-headed, right-minded individuals that want to sit back and wait for a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz to fall into their lap. Those yep. are the people I identify with. Those are great people. The ones that will shell out for Patrick Mahomes, I have I got nothing for you. Sorry. Well, I think I feel I mean, very right. vengeful today, Adam. You're right. See, here's the thing. Here's the, the thing about Carson Wentz. And then I, I realized this also. It's funny that the Eagles and the Colts have the same bye week, but um, their bye week is week 14. It's a bit week 14. Yep. Sheesh. Hey, one week before fantasy playoffs. One week before fantasy playoffs. That is something. Anybody that was hoping that Carson Wentz would just show up back in Philadelphia to root on his Eagles, te- his former Eagles teammates. Sorry, that's uh, not going to happen this year. No. Um, well, they're not playing each other, but. Uh, well, maybe Carson Wentz on his bye week. If they had a different bye week than uh, the Eagles, maybe Carson Wentz would have gone back to Philadelphia to cheer on his Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. On the road to victory. Why do you know that? I know everything. Okay. I know everything. Hail to the football team. Hail victory. How many? Do another one. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. What? No, I wonder if they still is it the Los the Los Angeles Superchargers? I don't know. If they still do that anymore. Well, I, we we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if they do that anymore since the the one time they moved out of San Diego, their home games were basically away games. Then we had last year when they moved into SoFi with no fans. So this year we'll be able to see how the uh, how the new Los Angeles Chargers react. Yep, and there. Fans. Los Angeles doesn't care about football. In case, in case you didn't realize, Bird just did air quotes there because this is radio. Air quotes. Fans. Air quotes. Fans. Well, Los Angeles I mean, doesn't care about football. Give me a break. They do care about football. They just don't care about professional football. Uh, true. Very true. Good point. When, anyway, when you yeah. or I are caring about Matthew Stafford and Justin Herbert, they care more about Carlos Vela. Oh, I was thinking of I was thinking of USC and UCLA. Oh, oh, okay. So we were on the complete opposite page as that. Well, they do they do care about uh, USC and UCLA and and Cal, but they also care about football. They also care about their LAFC and LA Galaxy. Yep. With my with my guy Carlos Vela. Well, you know the Galaxy have won more championships than the Rams and Chargers combined. True, which is kind of funny in its own way very true but anyway 
Um, let's go into this game of Would You Rather. And basically, I have a couple names here who are close in rankings on Fantasy Pros. So you can open up Fantasy Pros and follow along if you uh, feel so inclined. And uh, yeah, we're just going to do a Would You Rather and we're going to discuss which one of the, which one of these players we'd rather have. So here is a guy that here are two players that are, they're technically four ranks apart, but we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to say that they're three ranks apart. And that is Derek Carr at 24 and Jared Goff at 27. Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, well, I have, I have Derek Carr higher than the consensus. And I also have Jared Goff higher than, than the consensus. I have Derek Carr at 21. I have Jared Goff at 25. So for me, the answer would be Derek Carr. And I look at Derek Carr and I just see a guy who's going to get the job done. I see a better overall offense. I, um, I, I know I'm splitting hairs there when I'm talking about the Raiders and I'm talking about the Lions. But I just see a better overall offense. I see more comfortable, more comfortability in the offense. There we go. I was able to get that out. It's a job well done. Pat on the back for me. And I also see just a, a clear cut connection with the number one target. I mean, Derek Carr, Darren Waller. We all know the year that Darren Waller had last year. He was terrific. And I just think you look at Derek Carr there. He's in a comfortable spot. Knows the key. Knows he has the keys to the offense. Um, and I just think at the end of the day, he's someone that I would be a bit more comfortable taking in deeper leagues. I'm not going to take him in, you know, 10 man leagues, but in 12, 14 team leagues. Yeah. Derek Carr is a very, very solid backup option. I mean, so, so is Jared Goff because I think that team is going to be terrible and there'll be a lot of garbage time opportunities uh, for the lions. But for me, I would, I think I would rather have uh, Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah. I would rather have Derek Carr as well. And I think just because I think that Derek, Derek Carr is a, is a better quarterback overall than, than Jared Goff. Um, and I think the Raiders might also be terrible too, because it just doesn't seem like they're going like the off season doesn't, didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And you could have the same sort of garbage time, uh, numbers. And also the Raiders defense isn't like, in, isn't, there aren't the steel curtain really. So oh, Derek Carr, from it. no, you know how many shootouts the Raiders were in, uh, this past season, a lot of fucking shootouts, a lot. Derek Carr is going to put up numbers and that's what Derek Carr does. Derek Carr puts up numbers. And for that reason, I think that I would have him over, over Jared Goff, just because he puts up numbers garbage time or otherwise. I mean, who was Jared Goff throwing to outside of Hawkinson and Swift? I don't know. I think his number one receiver right now is Prashad Perryman. His number two is Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. And Quintess Cephas is, would be his number three, probably. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's all I need to hear. Whereas Carr, you know, Carr has Henry Ruggs. He has Brian, Brian Edwards. He has Hunter Renfro, has Darren Waller. You have the combination in the backfield with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Granted, I don't know if they're going to catch, you know, a lot of passes between the two of them. But, you know, that's uh, that's a whole different conversation for another day. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I would rather have Carr. Here's the an interesting thing about Derek Carr. So Derek Carr, last year, 2020, he threw for – he set a new career high for quarterback rating, for yards, 
and he threw the most he threw for the most touchdowns since his incredible breakout season in 2016 with 27. Yeah, Derek Carr was quietly really, really good last year. Really good. And he only threw nine picks also. Yeah, but how, how many touchdowns did he throw? Just out of curiosity. I don't know off the top of my head. I said 27. 27, you said. Okay. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, 27 touchdowns, though. You know, you look at that number and you say eek. You well, know, actually, it was, not... his, it was his career high. Sorry. His career high was actually 32 in 2015. Yeah. I mean, that's why Derek Carr has never been just a, a, a reliable shoe-in starting fantasy quarterback. Is because the touchdown numbers are so low. I mean, his career high was th- is 32 touchdowns. I mean, that's a solid number for, you know, if we're talking, you know, IRL football. But for fantasy purposes, you're looking for someone that just has a bit more of a, of a higher ceiling than that. I mean, Carr, Derek Carr is a very solid floor play. I mean, there'll be games where he definitely lets you down in, in deeper leagues. But like I said, in, 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 in 10 teams, you know, you can get a whole lot. Uh, there are a whole lot, a lot of better options than, uh, than Derek Carr. I mean, if you're choosing between Derek Carr and Carson Wentz, I mean, I don't know why you're not taking Carson Wentz. I don't know why Carson Wentz is even there if you have to make the choice between Wentz and, and Carr. The other weird thing about Derek Carr is that for some reason, his rushing touchdowns are also on the uptick. He had three rushing touchdowns uh, last year. Absolute speed demon. And he rushed for a career high, 140 yards on the ground. What a guy. What a guy. I mean, and here's another one too. And I talked about him on the Dynasty Show last night. I talk about him, I think, every fucking time we record. Ben Roethlisberger. The ceiling is yep. much greater with Big Ben, much greater. So why don't I take a chance on that? And I think they're going in the same range. I mean, I I, I have Big Ben two spots higher than than Carr. Fantasy Pros has Big Ben at twenty two, and Carr at twenty four. So all right, so I'm I'm higher than uh, than Fantasy Pros on Big Ben. It seems like you're higher on a lot of players than Fantasy Pros. Well, yeah, Canadians. I mean that's ju- that's just me. I mean, I mean, I'd be curious to see the individual experts that fantasy pros has and, and if where they would break, break that down, but you know, it's average versus one guy. Right. Exactly. So there is a lot more volatility. Yes. When it's just one person. Correct. Amunda. All right. Um, next one. This is interesting. This is going to be a, a debate that I think a lot of people are going to be having in the late rounds. And we've had this debate multiple times. So maybe we can, put a fresh perspective on this Matthew Stafford or Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Matthew wow. Stafford at 11, Ryan Tannehill at 13. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm, I'm lower on both. I'm lower on both. I have Stafford at 13 and I have Tannehill at 14. So I would rather have Stafford. I would okay. rather have Stafford, but, I understand the people that like Ryan Tannehill. There's more durability there. You have the rushing touchdowns that Ryan Tannehill does occasionally give you. And I mean, there are people that are going to say, well, he's in this, he's been in this offense. He knows the deal. And if you look at just talent on an individual level, you could make a case that what Ryan Tannehill has with Derrick Henry and AJ Brown is better than what Matthew Stafford has with Woods, Cup, Acres, just as individual players. If you just stack those five players together, you could make the case, and I think I would, that 
AJ Brown, Derrick Henry are one, two in whatever order you want to put. And then it's, you know, Woods, Cup, Acres, and whatever order. They're probably the better players are in Tennessee. But in terms of the whole collective offense, which is what I look at, I mean, I, I, I look at Los Angeles and I just say, yeah, that, that's just a juggernaut offense just waiting to explode. I think that what Sean McVay is trying to do and as evidenced by him moving away from Jared Goff is he wants to have a more pass-heavy offense. He doesn't necessarily want to lean on Cam Akers and give Cam Akers the heavy, heavy workload that he was getting at the end of the year. And that's not me saying that Cam Akers is going to, they're going to fade away Cam Akers and Cam Akers is not going to get the workload, which makes him an RB1. I think he still gets that. I think he's efficient enough where if you're giving him 20, 25 touches, that's completely fine. Cam Akers doesn't need to be a 28 to 30 touch guy to be an RB1. He's very efficient at the end of the year last year. He's going to be very efficient again. But I think now he's just in a better position with this offense to be a better running back. And Matthew Stafford, Case in point, same thing. He's going to be in a great offense. And I think at the end of the day, you're looking at Matthew Stafford where his floor most weeks, you're probably looking at a top 12 guy on a week-to-week basis. Come the end of the year, if you're drafting him as the QB 11 is what Fantasy Pros has him at? Yeah. Okay, I have him as QB 13. So, I mean, if you're drafting him QB 11, QB 13, whatever you want to put it, yeah, I just think the ceiling could only go up there. So if you, if you told me, that we're having this conversation in February or even, you know, middle of January. And we're saying, Oh, Matthew Stafford was one of the last quarterbacks taken off the board in standard size leagues, 10, 12 man leagues. And he finished as a top 10 quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but durability is, is a major concern with Stafford. And you just have to ask yourself, you know, when you're investing in this Rams offense, what does his offense look like? If it's not Matthew Stafford there. Right. Well, weirdly, he it says he played 16 games. He well, played I'm Parsons. just talking about career. He did play 16 yeah. games last year. Yes. And he played he played eight games in 2019. Yep. And then the rest of his career, he played 16 games. I remember when Matt Stafford was drafted. Oh, actually, this only goes back to 2013. Never mind. I was about to say, I remember when he was drafted, like his first t- couple of years, he could not stay healthy for the life of him. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to be a bust. He's never going to stay healthy. And then, yeah, and then, and then he, he turned it around. He had that stretch where he played 16 games, and then he fell off with that eight game in uh, in 2019. Then last last year too, he was banged up. He, he played was. he played every game, but he was banged up. And you could say that that was the terrible Detroit Lions offensive line. Obviously, going to LA, there's going to be much better support there for Matthew Stafford to keep him upright. But you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, what happens if Matthew Stafford just takes more and more shots? It, it's it's a question that you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Also, Matt yep. Stafford with the patchwork offensive line and the receiving core that was basically DeAndre Swift out of the backfield and TJ Hawkinson, he had his best season in three years. He had his best season since 2018. Well, he it, threw he- for, it helps when the team was terrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, he threw for 4,000 yards. He, he threw 26 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. I mean, I think that it was a really good – I mean, listen, if you want to go on pace, 2019 would have been a better season because he only – because he had – in eight games, he threw for 19 touchdowns and had five picks and was already in a 2,500 yards now, almost. There were people talking about – I remember that in 2019, there were people talking about Matthew Stafford potentially being a, 
one of the guys that you could be putting in the discussion for a league MVP before he went down. Yeah. So I think that, I think Matt Stafford, I would rather have Stafford over Tannehill just because Matt Stafford has a better supporting cast. Fair. Uh, Collectively, you know, the it's greater than the sum of its parts is what you have in LA. Fair. But I, I don't think, I don't think that either or, or terrible picks. Like if you told me that you took Tannehill over Stafford, I, I, I wouldn't come at you for that. No, me neither. They're very, Definitely. very, very similar. They give you they're they're both floor plays. They can get they can give you your ceiling. I think Tannehill more gives you can give you your ceiling more just because of the rushing ability than 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 Stafford can. But you know, it, it just depends on what you're looking for. And it depends on who you're pairing them with as well. Yep. All right, let's go for something a bit more on the top end of the spectrum. Sure. Kyler Murray. He is ranked third on Fantasy Pros. Mm-hmm. And uh, your boy, Dakota Rain Prescott. I knew that was fucking coming. Is ranked fifth. Yeah, I knew I knew that was fucking coming. Damn it. Um, well, Check your biases at the door. Yep. And let me know. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I have, have? Uh, I, I very interesting back to back for me. I have Kyler Murray fourth. I have Dak Prescott fifth. So with this, I would rather have Kyler Murray. Much rather have Kyler. However, if you put them and you stack them against each other, and you bring ADP into the into the discussion, I would probably rather have Dak. More than likely. Well, yeah, that. That has to factor in also just because of the fact that you're it's not in a vacuum that you're drafting these players. You have to figure you have to manage your resources and you also have to and not only your resources are your draft picks, it's everybody else. You have to think about whatever everybody else is doing, because if everybody else is going to draft Kyler Murray in the in the, the fourth round, fifth round, and you can wait for Dak, especially since um Dak missed most of the season and he's just coming back off of a really gruesome injury people might be wary of Dak and say well you know I don't know how I want to see how he is I don't know I'll pick a say I'll pick Kyler Murray although that doesn't really make a lot of sense now that I'm saying it because Kyler Murray was also injured but um yeah people are going to be lower on Dak just because he had a big injury and I think people, you should be able to capitalize on that. Current ADP says otherwise. Really? Fantasy, fantasyfootballcalculator.com. Great website. Go check it out for all of your studying needs. Kyler Murray is being drafted at the 5-2 right now. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott is being drafted at the 5-9. So front end of the fifth, back end of the fifth. For me, that's, just, that, that's too rich for either or. But if I had to choose one where they're going in the same range, Kyler. Kyler's who I would go with. And I did not think that Dak would be going back end of the fifth. I thought it would be more middle of the sixth. I guess. That was a bit of a surprise for me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's. I don't know. It would be more interesting to see how the ADP stacks up when, when drafts, when more drafts are actually happening. When we get to like July. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and we'll do a show as we get closer, you know, looking, just doing a deep dive into ADP and looking at real concrete data. But, you know, right now, like you said, Adam, it, it's still early. You still have, you know, guys that are going maybe higher than people would think. <clears throat> T. Higgins. People and are then, experimenting. That's what it is, really. Yeah, but, the, but then you also you also have and well, yes and no, yes and no, because I think a lot of these sites are going off of like fantasy football calculators going off of expert drafts. They're going off of uh, potential dynasty. They're going off of keeper drafts. They're going off of any best ball as well. You know, they're 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 going off of whatever concrete data is out there. The mock drafts, you know, you, you you start bringing that into the equation. Yeah, sure, it, it does get a little a little dicey, but you know, I still think you know it's still early, where the trends haven't really caught up yet. I mean, still, I mean, like I said, mm-hmm, T Higgins sort of deal. T Higgins will drop at some point. Um, I don't know if I expect Dak to drop the middle of the sixth. I think he's kind of going where I think he's going to go right now, which is bottom of the fifth maybe maybe he goes up to mid five potentially which still is just, it's too rich for my blood but yeah i i would rather go for for kyler i think you know they, they, they kind of have the same problem which is you know injury red flag you know with, with kyler and how he was uh at the end of last year dak prescott we all know the story with with dak don't need to go into that any further you know, you're kind of hoping that they kind of bounce back and and can stay relatively healthy for the better part of 18 games. Now, now I w- I will say that it was much different for Dak, where you know it was a compound fracture, versus Kyler, where it was you know an injury to his shoulder. You it know, it was multiple things really. It was yeah, his shoulder mul- and it was his ankle. Correct. Correct. So, oh, by the way, you said 18 games there. Eight, I should have said 18 weeks. Damn it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, Kyler Murray played 16 games last year, but, you know, it just what, and I mean, he improved all, basically all of his stats improved. Um, you know, he had six more touchdowns throwing, he had seven more touchdowns rushing. Um, he had 300 more rushing yards, 200 more passing yards, but he was banged up. And I think that he probably could have thrown for 4,000 yards and he probably could have thrown for 30 touchdowns if he wasn't injured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can make the case probably for both those guys. Both those guys, you know, if Kyler wasn't injured, Kyler was on pace to be a candidate for league MVP. Listen, if, if Dak wasn't injured, he probably would have thrown for six thousand yards. Oh, probably the with the way the cow with the way that Cowboys offense was was rolling last year and how bad that defense was. You, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. I mean, Dak Dak was playing great before that injury. I think a lot of he people had almost two thousand yards. Yeah. In five games. Yeah, a lot of people forget, you know, just how good Dak Prescott was before that injury. And, you know, if, if you're telling me that Dak can come back and be uh, – see what I did there, Rami Wami, Dak can come back. Yeah, no. If, if Dak can return to full fitness and full health and you can tell me 
that Dak is going to be somewhat similar to that, and he could still be the same guy even after getting paid as well. You know, you're 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 talking about someone that's going to be really really good for fantasy and really really good for the Cowboys, which hell I hope he is because I love my guy Dak, love him, great guy, Mm-mm, Dak. So here's some fun math. Love math, hate yeah. math. Just yardage. Yeah. Dak's 16-game pace, 5,939 yards. Sheesh. And so you're telling me with with those numbers, and if you could have said that maybe Dallas would have rattled off 9, 10 wins, maybe Dak would have been candidate for league MVP. And then about 29-ish touchdowns. Sheesh. So, craziness. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Hey, we love Dakota Wright Prescott. He's a great guy. So, I mean, who knows if Dak is really going – listen, Dak is not going to do that um, this season. But, I mean, if he's, if he's close, if he's like his career high season in 2019, his big – like a big season like he had in 2019, I think I I think I'd I'd rather have Dak. I listen, I don't I don't doubt that at all. I mean, look, if you could tell me that Dak is gonna be a 48 4,800 yard passer, maybe he gets you 32, 33 touchdowns. You know, the picks will be up there because that's just kind of who Dak is. So say 15 picks. So 33 touchdowns, 15 picks, 4,800 yards. And then you sprinkle in, maybe he'll give you four to five rushing touchdowns. You know, you're talking, probably you're talking a top five fantasy quarterback. Okay. I got you. Whereas with, with Kyler, you know, you're going to get that elite rushing upside. That's the difference is Dak will probably throw Kyler out of the gym. But Kyler also is going to do way more with his legs than 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 Dak will. And as we've as we know, these rushing quarterbacks have that higher ceiling than the guys that are the I don't want to say hybrid because not hybrid, but are less runners that run more infrequently than those big time, you know, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen kind of guys. They're, They're pocket passers. Yeah, but I don't know if I would call Dak a pocket passer, though. I don't know, like a like I think like, pocket. I think pocket passer. I think Tom Brady. I think Andrew Luck. I think Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. I think Jeff Driscoll. That's right. what I think of when I see pocket passer. You mean the future starting quarterback of the Houston Texans? Correct, the Mundo, the future starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, I don't know. I maybe it's kind of it's kind of like Sam. Sam is like a mobile. He's He's not like a running quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback. He's mobile. Yeah. Where... Yeah, but I, I wouldn't call Sam a pocket passer. No, he's not he's a mobile. pocket passer. He's, he's mobile. mobile. Yeah. And I'm just trying I'm to think. Re- ben Roethlisberger, pocket passer. Well, now he is. He used yeah. to be mobile. Now he's a pocket passer. Yes. Yeah. Now he is. All right. Um, I almost lost my place. Uh, you want to do one more? Sure. So this one is also one that is, it's not going to be happening 
early. This is going to be happening in the mid rounds, although depending on uh, how your draft goes and how many fans from either the New England or Florida area are in your draft. Uh, Justin Herbert at eight and Tom Brady at 10. I have Tom Brady at 12. I have Justin Herbert right at eight. So that's not close for me. I'd, I, I would rather have Herbert. Okay. I would, much, I would much too. rather have Herbert. And Herbert, well, of course you would rather rather have Justin Herbert. Of course well, you listen, would. Well, listen, if it was anybody else, if it was if it was Stafford, who is at 11, I'd, ra- I'd rather have Herbert too. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a little high also at nine. I'd rather have Herbert over him. But I, I think Her- Herbert's in for a good year again. Well, I know people are going to come at me for right now. People are going to say, well, Justin Herbert's being drafted in the sixth round. Tom Brady's being drafted in the eighth round. I would rather have Justin Herbert in the sixth round versus Tom Brady in the eighth. Just because I don't know, you know, how many good years Tom Brady has left. And, and yes, I know I'm going after the unicorn that is Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback that's ever lived. Uh, yes, ap- ap- absolutely. I get it. But you're talking about a young, dynamic, young buck on the block in Justin Herbert against a guy like Tom Brady, who at this point in this stage of his career, very vanilla, you know what you're going to get. I, I, I think Tom Brady and Justin Herbert, if you want to, you, you wanted to partner them together, you could, you could do that. Because I think, I just think that Tom Brady, you know, it, it's funny that whenever I look at data, you know, you, you have a, a severe group of quarterbacks. You have those quarterbacks that go before round six and then you have the quarterbacks well, before in round six. And then you have the quarterbacks that are after round six. And those quarterbacks can go at any point because everyone just looks for the top heavy guys. They want to get them. They want to secure them done. But then after that, you're kind of looking at flyers that can be dropped on waiver wire anytime. So with Tom Brady being drafted in round eight, could he be drafted in round eight just because name value? Absolutely he can. But I think in some leagues where there's more concrete, more hardcore, more competitive fantasy players like yourselves, because you are listening to a podcast about fantasy football on Thursday, May 20th. So thank you for that, by the way. We are eternally grateful. But I would consider you all to be hardcore fantasy players. I would not consider you to be casual fantasy players. I would consider you to be very hardcore, very into it, very really into your research and into your preparations. So you understand that Tom Brady is at that point where, you know, you you don't really know what the next level is for Tom Brady. I'm not talking about next level in terms of him making a jump. I'm talking about next level in terms of what the step down is for where he is in his career. You know, we all saw it with Drew Brees this past year. You know, Drew Brees was not himself. You know, the injury, of course, happened. But even before that, Drew Brees' arm was completely shot. And, you know, Drew Brees rode off into the sunset. And you have to ask the question, you know, when is the, uh, when is, Tom Brady's time to ride off into the sunset. Adam hopes as soon as possible. Uh, I hope never. I hoped it was yesterday. I hope it was, yeah. Break, breaking news on the podcast. Tom Brady officially announces his retirement. I think, I think Adam would do a victory dance like I'd never seen before. I would go out to the liquor store right now, buy a bottle of Prosecco just to pop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think when you're comparing the two, I'd rather have the, the young and exciting guy over – over the uh, the veteran. Now, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's going to be terrible because I don't think he's going to be terrible at all. I think Tom Brady's going to actually be very very good for fantasy. But at the end of the day, give me the give me the young kid, give me the buck. 
who I think is going to have a very, very good, very prolific, very long NFL career in an offense that, you know, in, in my opinion, I don't think is that bad in comparison to what Tom Brady has with Tampa. Because, yeah, you know, a lot of people love Mike Evans. A lot of people love Chris Godwin. Uh, some people, I mean, I don't, I don't know why, but there's the hype now surrounding Antonio Brown that maybe people, you know, 16 games, well, fuck, 17 games of Antonio Brown will be well will be great. Well, pending well, he pending he plays those 17 games, pending there are no legal issues, well, pending he stays in the straight and arrow, pending he does not, you know, want to go talk about Star Wars or Hot Tub Time Machine or The Godfather, pending he wants to just stay straight and focused. Do not put us in the same conversation as Antonio Brown. We are not the same. I'm talking about him staying focused. I'm talking about him staying clear-cut with his mind set on winning another Super Bowl. He's achieving his objectives, Adam. This is what we do in this podcast. We achieve our objectives. If Antonio Brown can can do that and, you know, being on the field, there are people that really do like Antonio Brown. So, I mean, you know, he hasn't, I, like, officially signed his deal, right? It's still pending a physical. Yeah, it's still pending a physical. I mean, yeah. I think that really what helped Tom Brady, uh, people don't talk about this. It's Antonio Brown. That's what helped. Tom Brady was fucking terrible until the uh, Bucks signed Antonio Brown. True. Very true. And so Tom Brady I without do, Antonio Brown might be something. I do have some breaking news on the podcast. Yes. Um, so – Derrick Henry has made a pitch to Julio Jones to join the Tennessee Titans. Oi. You know what that would do to, to AJ Brown? He wouldn't um, be on he wouldn't be a number two receiver. He would be like a number five receiver, but he would be obtainable again. I believe that Ryan Tannehill would shoot up all of the rankings. Ryan Tannehill would shoot up all the rankings. Absolutely no questions asked. Remember we just right. we just talked about Ryan Tannehill and Matthew Stafford? Ryan Tannehill would be telling Matthew Stafford to kiss my ass as he just rolls by him in my ranks. We would be debating Ryan Tannehill or Russell Wilson at this point. Uh, yes, no doubt. That is the league that we would be in. But that, yeah. This is the world that we would be living in, yes. It's a weird, 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 weird world. I think the Jets should trade Jameson Crowder for Julio Jones straight up. And you know what's fun? What's really crazy is that the Falcons would probably accept that because they have no cap dollars. Well, I also heard. I don't. I don't know if you're uh, you're interested in hearing the the spots that I've heard for Julio, uh, San Francisco. Yes, I've heard Baltimore. Baltimore would be fun. Baltimore would be very fun, and they have a need there. You put Hollywood in the slot, and you put Julio on the outside. Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews there. You know, you, you have something to Baltimore now. Um, I did not hear Tennessee. I have heard New England. Ugh, get the fuck. No, no. I've heard New England. No, 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 no. Please. No. Please. Please, no. Please. Please. No. Why wouldn't you want that? How long you do you have? You have the Alabama to Alabama connection. 
Mac Jones to Julio Jones. The Jones to Jones connection. I hate it. Oh, that'd be yeah, it'd be incredible. No. You give the new Tom Brady his new Randy Moss. No, stop. I hate no. Another dynasty for New England. No. Ten more Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. God, I hate this so much. Why? You already have Janu. You already have the Hall of Fame tight end himself, Hunter Henry. You're dead to me. How how are you going to feel when Hunter Henry scores 10 million touchdowns against the Jets? Well, I mean, why would I why would I think about a situation that's never actually going to happen? Wow. You are turning your back on a friend of the podcast, Hunter Henry. Well, he's not going to score 10 million touchdowns. I mean, it's just physically impossible. He's going to score 10 million touchdowns. Are there any other landing spots for Julio Jones? Just get it. Well, listen, you can make a pitch to somebody and that doesn't make you an, that doesn't make you a landing spot, quote unquote. True. So uh, is there I, haven't, else? I haven't heard any of the spots. I have not heard okay. any of the spots except for the ones that I mentioned, Baltimore, San Francisco, New England. And that was it. And that was San it. Francisco would be fun too. Yeah. And I was going to say Tennessee, but then I said, I haven't, I, I did not hear Tennessee. So it's just the three Baltimore, San Francisco and New England. That I mean, I yeah. Like you have to look at that, those got those teams and then look at teams that have a ton of cap space. Like here's an interesting, here's an interesting one since they just seemingly have endless amounts of cap space and can just sign whoever the hell they want. What about the Kansas city chiefs? Ah. Uh. Oh, I mean, man. holy shit. Who would they have to trade to sign? I they mean, would need to move a fuck ton of salary around. How but would that's they restructuring. Do that? If Kansas City needs help with restructuring contracts, they should call the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, the they king should, of the restructure. They should call the Tampa Bay Lightning on how to cheat, how to, to learn che- how, to cheat the, how to cheat the salary cap. <laughs> how to cheat the salary cap. Hello, Tampa Bay. Hello, Mr. Lightning. How are you? Yeah, sorry we beat your uh, your sister football team, but can you teach us how to cheat with the salary cap, please? Oh, you're set. You're so. What you're saying is, Travis Kelsey needs to fake an injury for the whole season, and then come back for the playoffs. Perfect. We can have that happen. Thank you, Mr. Brisbois. Brid. <laughs> Brisbois, yes. B-R-I-S-E-B-O-I-S. Brisbois. Yeah. Great guy. But hopefully, hopefully this episode helped everybody out with uh, you know, guys that are close together with uh with your uh with your quarterbacks and you know there'll be much more quarterback discussions. We keep marching on towards our uh towards our drafts. And and before we wrap up and, and sign off, Adam, I'm uh I, I'm asking you out on a date right now. I get I get very I get very nervous about these things, so so please forgive me. Oh my. Um, would you like to make it official? <laughs> live draft know. live draft show again. Oh yeah, no. Live draft show again. Beautiful. All right. That is that is officially announced. That live that live draft show last year was that was I think that was the best draft that I did last year. And I had two offline drafts, but then just a live draft show where we just did it on the podcast. That was awesome. Yep. 
Maybe we could actually do a video component this time. Ooh. We may have to do that. Just because it's easier than reading out all the names. Someone say YouTube channel. Yeah. The Basement Talk Podcast YouTube channel. Did someone say the Basement Talk Podcast YouTube channel? Did someone say the Basement Talk Podcast Instagram page that I said I would make about 20 times until I'm done? It's fine. We all we all say things that we never end up following through on. Oh, I'm going to follow through on it. I'm going to follow through on it. You just brought anyway, it back to my attention, Adam. But yes, I uh, that draft show was really fun. It was. Really, really fun. It was. And, uh, you know, I'll be... Uh, I'll be sending texts out for that league uh, probably in the next couple of weeks, uh, just trying to get all my eggs into that basket. And then, uh, and then at that point, it's just doing draft order. Yep. Maybe, maybe we do draft order on the show. Ooh, we could do a live lottery. A live lottery. Wow, that's fun. A live lottery. You have every, everybody in the league in the, on the show as guests and then you do a live lottery and you get to see live reactions of people getting their picks or just tell them, listen to the damn podcast. So you, you, you could find out where your pick is. That is expert marketing. Uh, it is genius. And don't time code it either. You want to find out where you're picking in the draft. Listen to the goddamn podcast. Don't time code it and just sprinkle it throughout the episode. Adam, <laughs> one pick at 2033 bird fifth pick. Forty-five seventy-two. <laughs> just randomly. Oh yeah. By the way. Yeah, by the like, way, uh, uh, um, Matt, you have uh, you have the sixth pick. We interrupt the Star Wars tangent to bring you. <laughs> <laughs> we interrupt you- talking about Revenge of the Sith for the twenty millionth time to let Matt Birdsall know that he is the sixth pick in the. What the Field of Dreams Fantasy Football League? God, I have to remember what the name of the league was. I have, I have just so many league names. All the fun of watching press conferences at work, trying to find the bet, trying to find the one topic that everybody's going to that everybody's going to talk about. Hot Tub Time Machine, Revenge of the Sith, and The Godfather. That's what everyone talks about. Trendy yeah. subjects. There was literally I was work when I was working last night. Um, I was doing a post game file for the. I was like watching the post game for the Twins and the White Sox on May 18th, and it was like three minutes into Rocco Baldelli's press conference where they asked him, "Hey, so why did you get ejected?" I was like, "Why was this not the first question?" <laughs> that should have been the first question asked. I'm like, this media, this Minnesota media man, they just don't know. Sometimes. They don't know. They don't know. If they, that was Luis are... Rojas. Oh, or, forget um, it. When that was Luis Rojas, when he got ejected earlier this season, that was, I'm pretty sure that was the first question was, so what happened? Why'd you get ejected? I said some words. Yep. I said some not nice words. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And next episode, we're going to be talking about running backs in the same vein as we were talking, as we just talked about quarterbacks, where we're going to be doing a big game of would you rather. And with a lot more, with a lot more substance too. So there's a lot more running backs that we can, uh, we can talk about. Yep. That is correct. For my co-host, Dead Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basement Park Podcast Fantasy Show.
Let's go Brooks. Bye. Bye.